the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. Pat and Jeffy uh, for Glenn. On the Glenn Beck program today, sick. Uh, didn't quite make it back today. It's the voice, I think, more than anything else. So it's just, uh, he's pretty much lost that right now. Uh, 888-727-BECK. In about an hour, we're, we're going to join the Kavanaugh hearings uh, live. So you'll be able to see and hear, well, hear uh, everything that happens there. As uh, I, I, I don't know the schedule of events, but I, I would assume that uh, Kavanaugh will make some kind of statement. And then uh, Blasey Ford, if she's there. We'll make some kind of statement and then be asked questions. Yeah, they, it was leaked her uh, statement that was uh, the prepared statement, the full transcript. Mm-hmm. So it's surprising. You know, I don't know that that means that she's going to show up and here's what she's going to say. Or if it means she's not going to show up and here's what she had to say to put in the record. But it describes, you know, everything about the... About the incident? The incident, yeah. The incident where two other men have come forward, by the way, now, yeah. and said they were the ones that did it, yeah. not uh, not Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, that's... They, they came forward to the Senate Judiciary uh, Committee to claim that they're the ones who actually assaulted Christine Blasey Ford during the House party that she described in 1982. Republicans on the committee released a timeline of events... Uh, late last night, which included details about their interactions with the two men. Um, The timeline recounts GOP staff members interviewing a man who believes he, not Judge Kavanaugh, had the encounter with Dr. Ford in 1982. That's fascinating. That is. But that's not what she says, though. I know it. (laughs) But why would... You're going to get two men to come and and admit to this when they didn't do it? No way. Who's going to do that? Now, I know the statute of limitations probably prevents any kind of prosecution, but you could be sued civilly. Uh, It could ruin your reputation. So that's a pretty bold move. If somebody, if they didn't do it and they're saying they did just to save Brett Kavanaugh's nomination, I don't know who would do that or why. Well, I, I don't either. I, but, you know, like, you, of course, you know, they could have come forward like one of the accusers and just been, you know, all anonymous. Yeah. You know, like the anonymous mother yeah. who was speaking on behalf of her anonymous daughter. Right. And it was backed up by three of her anonymous friends. Yeah. The only person who wasn't anonymous was, was Brett, Brett Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> and he pushed, he pushed some woman up against the wall yeah. in a in a physical and sexual yes. way. Right. But the woman was anonymous. And it was, but she but, was anonymous. But there's three other mm-hmm. anonymous people yeah. who can verify it. Right. And will verify it because they saw it. But and anonymously, the, of course. And the and the mother mm-hmm. of the anonymous daughter was told this from her anonymous daughter. So that's unbelievable. I mean, that's fact. <laughs> I mean, that's that's man. It doesn't get any more factual. It than does that. not. It really doesn't. <laughs> you can't deny it. So here, uh, on this particular episode, we're supposed to believe that they're walking out of a restaurant together, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Brett Kavanaugh just grabs one of them and jams him up against the wall because he'd been drinking. No, uh-huh. they, uh, you know, he, he, I guess he was the only one drinking in this bar. <laughs> Couldn't possibly be that the, all the other people were that were with him were drinking. No, if it took place at all, obviously, right? Uh, and yes, and then he, and then he slammed her up against the wall. 
was sexually violently. <laughs> what? I'm not sure I know what that means. Sexually violently. Well, I think the quote, I was trying to think. I could. That's not the actual quote, but it is something like that. It is you like know, that. It was, it yeah, because I remember thinking at the time, what, what exactly? Yeah, you'd have to. I, you'd have to really see that. I mean, I think. Does you that know, mean? I think that's. It's you kind of like you know it when you see it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's just bad. That one supposedly bad. happened in 1998. Yeah. So the year is not unknown. The people are anonymous, except for Brett Kavanaugh. And we don't know very many details, but we do know it happened in 1998. And he was drunk, as he always is. Right? <laughs> I think we're finding out that Brett Kavanaugh has been drunk about 98% of the time uh, he's been alive. So, Well, I mean, <laughs> it certainly makes sense because, I mean, I thought the, well, the first time I saw his testimony, I thought, is he drunk? <laughs> Nobody thinks that. No. And really, in in serious business, Mm -hmm. if you are this guy who is a a mad drinker, partying, assaulting women, uh, going to parties, standing in line, waiting to have sex with separate women, and this happened over the course of many years and many parties, do you Mm -hmm. think that... Uh, an FBI background check. Someone, someone who else who was standing in those lines, someone else who was mm-hmm. assaulted, someone else who was in this bar drinking, someone else who was passing by on, on the street who owns the store next door to the bar that saw this sexually violently uh, embrace against a wall drunks one night. Well, it would have come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think someone would have remembered something? Yeah, the... The rape squad allegation that we talked about quite a bit uh, on my show, Packer Unleashed, which immediately follows this one. Talked about this yesterday. Um, it's hard to believe that if that indeed happened, nobody ever talked about right? it. Right? We never heard a thing about it. And this guy just went on with the rest of his life and became a respected judge in D.C. And nobody said word one until now. Right. Come on. Come on. So, I- including the woman who, by the way, Kept going to the parties and avoided, well, avoided the alcohol uh, so she wouldn't submit herself to the rape room, I guess. I, I, I don't know. The, the rape room was okay as long as it wasn't her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. So you didn't say anything to these girls? Crazy. Hey, don't don't drink the uh, the punch because it's been spiked and they're, you're going to wind up in the rape room. I mean. This, is you, this you, the you, line for the bathroom? No, this is the rape line. Yeah. I mean. Are you kidding me? It's. It's amazing. And it, it, it's just, it defies all logic and reason. Sure does. Now, yes, last night, uh, late in the afternoon, President Trump uh, conducted a very long, in fact, I think it just wrapped up about 15 minutes ago, <laughs> he did, press he conference. He just wrapped it up. He yeah. just wrapped it up, and he had a lot to say. <laughs> he, I, thought it was, I thought it was fascinating. He had a lot to say. Uh, he called the Kavanaugh allegations a big fat con job. Here he is. Do we have that audio where Trump uh, calls Kavanaugh a big fat con, con job, the Kavanaugh allegations? Well, the FBI told us they've investigated Judge Kavanaugh Six times, five times, many times over the years. They know him very well. Six times, five but times. But here there was nothing four to times, investigate three times, three times from over the years. at least one standpoint. They didn't know the location. They didn't know the time. They didn't know the year. They didn't know anything. And hmm. it's like, where do you go? Also, it's not 
for the FBI, if you look at what Joe Biden said, he said they don't do this. And he said it very clearly. So I think when you really look at it all, it's not going to change any of the Democrats' minds. They're obstructionists. They're actually con artists because they know how quality this man is and they've destroyed a man's reputation and they want to destroy it even more. And I think people are going to see that in the midterms, what they've done to this family, what they've mm-hmm. done to these children, these beautiful right. children of his and what they've done to his wife. And they know it's a big, fat con job. And they go into a room and I mm-hmm. guarantee you they laugh like hell at what they pulled off on you and on the public they laugh like hell i believe him i do too I, that's true i think they know it's true and they're doing it anyway because they hate him uh, they, they hate always, trump and they hate kavanaugh yeah and they hate anybody on the right it's it's hard not to believe that because they prove it every day they show us every day uh he also talked about <clears throat> how yes he believes he believes kavanaugh but I don't know. Who knows what will happen tomorrow? We'll see what the women have to say. I know. <laughs> Listen to this. The women could be convincing. Yeah, they could be. Here's what he said. Women know how to lie. As far as the other women are concerned, I'm going to see what happens tomorrow. Hmm. I'm going to hmm. be watching. You know, believe it or not, I'm going to see <laughs> what's said. Okay. It's possible that hmm. they will be convincing. Now, hmm. with all of that being said. Right. Mm-hmm. Judge Brett Kavanaugh has been for many years one of the most respected people in Washington. He's been on, I guess you'd call it the second highest court. And yeah, every single person <laughs> knows him. A lot of people know him well. Yeah. And those people don't believe what's going on. I guess, you know, I guess you could call it the second highest yeah, you court. Call it whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have called it that. I, I, him. I don't know. I love I don't him. Know. He's growing up before everything. <laughs> So he absolutely believes that this is a smear job and a big fat con job, but the women might convince me tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. Believe me, I'll be watching. Yeah, I do believe him. I do believe he can be convinced of, and he kind of said it, I can be convinced of uh, almost anything. I think he actually used that phrase during the, uh, the course of the press conference. He had a ton of things to say. In fact, he had so many things to say. We we just kind of put some of it together for you. Oh, nice. So that you could just kind of recap. China has total respect for Donald Trump and for Donald Trump's very, very large brain. Why has President Trump given so much to North Korea? I said, if I wasn't elected, you would have had a war. President Obama thought you had to go to war. You know how close he was to pressing the trigger for war? We're not no, doing well. Close. Uh, let me call the Russians to help. <laughs> we have pictures of President Trump. Whoa, where can I get him? Uh, wow, that's a lot of hands. He's doing a whole routine here. This is right. Great. This is stand up. You're with who? Good stuff. Thomas Peter from Sky News. Okay, good. Sky News. Thank you, Mr. President. Congratulations on the purchase. <laughs> she has nothing to do. Nothing to do with me. Thank you. I hope you benefited. Yeah, you. Yes, guy looks <clears throat> guy looks like he's shocked. That's not This is gonna be not good. <laughs> it's gonna be good. The guy sir. looks totally like stunned that have you have you ever been picked before for a question? <laughs> Excuse me, you said where from where? Rudal Media Network from Kurdistan region, north okay. of Iraq. I'm a Kurd. Good. Um, Good. Great people. Thank you, sir. Great people. 
President. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no. Are you a Kurd? Mr. President. Good. They're Mr. great Pres people. They're great fighters. <laughs> I like them a lot. Let's go. Mr. I like this Mr. question President, so far. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> New York Times. Come on. New York Times. The failing New York Times. Stand up. Go ahead. <laughs> I like President Xi a lot. I think he's a friend of mine. He may not be a friend of mine anymore, but he, I think he probably respects, uh, from what I hear. You were talking about your administration's so accomplishments mm. at the United Nations, and a lot of the leaders laughed. Well, that's laughing. fake news. And what was that experience yeah, like? It's fake news. And it was covered that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. They weren't laughing at me. They were mm -hmm. laughing with me. We had fun. When you say, does it affect me in terms of my thinking with respect to Judge Kavanaugh? Absolutely, because I've had it many times. When I see it, I, I view it differently than somebody sitting home watching television where they say, oh, Judge Kavanaugh, this or that. It's happened to me many times. I've had many false charges. If we brought George Washington here, and we said, mm -hmm. we have George Washington, the Democrats would vote against him, just so you understand. <laughs> and he may have had a bad past, who knows, you know? No, he, he may no, have had some, I think, accusations made. Didn't he have a couple of things in his past? Always no. like to finish with a good one. Elton John said, when you hit that last tune and it's good, don't go back. Well, let me ask I've you. seen, have you ever seen? Ah! They do great, they're great, they hit the last tune, and everyone goes so, crazy. Hello. Then they go back. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. It's so good. That's Don't amazing. Go back. Uh, that's the president of the United States. I love it. Uh, I love it. Great stuff. For an hour and a half yesterday. Yeah. The Jim Acosta stuff was great, too, in, in this press conference alone. Mm -hmm. uh, really good. Uh, we can get to that yeah. you know, after the break, yeah, yeah. but it's really good. And he and I also saw Acosta questioned afterward in one of the talking head shows about uh, President Trump being on the rails during this press conference. And even he, his comment was like, eh, I don't really think he was ever on the rails. Really? Yeah. Acosta admitted that? Yeah. Wow. No, he I, he sounded like he was having a great time. I know. <laughs> I don't. I know. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't. What do you want? The failing New York Times. I don't Times. care. He, I don't he didn't, let, didn't let any of it bother him. No. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. It's Pat and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, and uh, our sponsor this half hour um, is Palm Beach. Palm Beach Letter. Because I, uh, we got to share some of the uh, recent feedback uh, that we've received from our, our partners at Palm Beach Letter and Tika Tawari's crypto course. Now, 97% of our listeners have given his cryptocurrency course a four or five star rating. That's amazing. Uh, some of the comments. Thank you for demystifying this from William H. I'm on my way now. Just bought my first Bitcoin. Excellent course. Short lessons. Keep your attention span. Thanks a bunch. I'll be following the Palm Beach newsletter from Brian M. Uh, and it goes on and, and on and on and on. Now, Glenn was looking for an expert um, and found Tika and trust him to uh, educate us. And he's he's actually done an amazing job. If you watched his course, it was it was fantastic uh, when he and Glenn yes, were it on was. it together. And it was so good to have someone, uh, you know, kind of explain exactly. So for so long, we talked about it not knowing what the heck we were talking about. Exactly. And it was nice to finally have someone talk about it that knew what they were talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> check out this exclusive Glenn Beck course right now. You don't have to buy a full Bitcoin. You could invest a hundred bucks if you wanted to, or whatever you could afford to get it to get started. But get started on the program. Go now to smartcryptocourse.com. It's smartcryptocourse.com. Or you can call 877-PBL-BECK. 877-PBL-BECK. Call right now.
It's Pat Gray and uh, Jeffy for Glenn. 888-727-BECK. Uh, President Trump cr- co- covered just about everything yesterday in that press conference. Yes, he did. It was uh, a marathon press conference. He called on anybody and everybody, including Jim Acosta. We'll play that for you in a few minutes. He talked about a wide range of things from Kavanaugh all the way to NAFTA and had some fascinating things to say about Canada yesterday as well. Did you reject a one-on-one meeting with the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau? Yeah, I did. Why? Because his tariffs are too high and he doesn't seem to want to move. And I've told him, forget about it. And frankly, <laughs> we're thinking about just taxing cars coming in from Canada. That's the mother load. That's the big one. However, here's the problem. Name a Canadian car company. Uh, you can't because there isn't one that I know of. Is there a Canadian car? I don't think so. Well, GM moved a yeah, lot of plants I, there over I the love those Canadian cars. Right. They're American companies in Canada. Yeah. They're American companies yeah. that are producing their cars in Canada. So who are you going to hurt by doing that? You're going to hurt Americans paying higher prices for American cars. That's what's going to happen. Uh, we're very unhappy with the negotiations and the negotiating style of Canada. Uh, we don't like their representative very much. They've taken advantage. I love Canada, by the way. I have so many friends. <laughs> I have everybody. It's so many friends. But- See? He has everybody. So many friends. Everybody in Canada is a friend of his. See? Yeah, that's great. Uh, that that's has good. nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. I'm representing the United States. Uh, right. Mexico was totally, I mean, they were great. By the way, the new president has been great. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everything's great. The deal is done. Now it has to go through Congress and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things have to happen. But we've done, mm-hmm. Bob Lighthizer, who's here someplace. Where's Bob? Where's Bob? Bob, Bob. Uh, Bob Lighthizer has done Bob a up, great Chuck. job <laughs> of negotiating, <laughs> as they have. But the deal is done. Uh, and Mr. Congress. President. But Canada has treated us. Very badly. They've treated mm. our farmers in Wisconsin and New York State and a lot of other states very badly. Dairy products, 300%. Right. 300%. How do you sell a dairy product at 300%? The answer is you day. don't. <laughs> what it is is a barrier. It's basically they're saying, we don't have any barriers. By the way, it's 300%, so you don't send it in because you can't compete. So Canada has a long way to go. I I must be honest with you. We're not getting along at all with their negotiators. We think their (laughs) negotiators have taken advantage of our country for a long time. We had people Uh that didn't know what they were doing. And that's why we had, over the last five or six years, if you average it out, we had $800 billion a year in trade losses. It's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. What about NAFTA? (laughs) Sir, Mr. President, NAFTA. What, What does that mean for NAFTA? Will you be pulling out of NAFTA? Uh... I don't like NAFTA. I never liked it. It's been very bad for the United States. It's been great for Canada. It's been mm-hmm. great for Mexico. Mm-hmm. Very bad for Will us. You pull out of the I'm not going to use the name NAFTA. I refuse to use it. I've seen <laughs> thousands of plants and factories closed. I've seen mm-hmm. millions of jobs lost to yeah. auto companies that moved. I mean, Mexico mm-hmm. is 25% of our auto business now because of NAFTA. Under our deal, not going to happen. Any- not going to happen anymore. So, uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, to the point where he actually said that we don't like the represent the trade rep from Canada. <laughs> we don't like him very much. <laughs> just don't get that from That's an American so president good. all That's that often. So good. That's so good. <laughs> His style is, uh, it. it is refreshing, isn't it? Did, uh, you, turn down, did you turn down talking to him? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't talk, I don't have to say to him. <laughs> And frankly, really we something. And frankly, we don't like the guy. That frankly, we, do. we don't like the guy. The guy's a, a douche. So I, I don't know. So good. Asking him to bring somebody else next time. 
This guy's an like idiot. Him. We don't like him much. Okay, nobody like likes him. I mean, he might be a nice guy to people. Oh, man, nobody likes him here. Nobody likes him. Addicted to outrage. The new book from Glenn Beck, Addicted to Outrage, is available everywhere. Order it now at Amazon.com. Pat Gray and Jeffy for Glenn today. 888-727-BECK. Also, we have the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. It starts at 9 o'clock today. So as soon as it gets going, uh, we will carry carry that live because that's going to be a pretty big deal. It's going to be very big deal, very interesting. I would think so. Yeah, I uh if she shows up it's gonna be fascinating it'll be it'll be no matter what it'll be some kind of circus that we can look at that's for sure and again two other men came forward said yeah we did this not brad kavanaugh she's wrong because it was us so why would you do that if you didn't really commit the uh the crime why would you do that i I don't have an answer for you pat no, you don't. No, you don't have an answer, have an answer you, do you, no, Jeff? No, because no, there is no answer. You wouldn't do that if it wasn't you. No, I would not. You wouldn't admit, do no, it. I've done it. You wouldn't do it if it was you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've established that much at least. Maybe we don't even need the hearing no, now. No, we don't. We're done. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Uh, so something that came out uh, that was in the in the news yesterday if uh if democrats win the midterm election if they regain the house it's going to mean some pretty there's going to be some serious repercussions <laughs> of that and i hadn't even thought of this but maxine waters would then ascend to um a position of power where she oh. can start to subpoena and she said she will if she gets that position and she's in line for that position oh. so she'll have subpoena power over, you know, everything. She'll be subpoena, subpoenaing everything and everyone. And we it's, cannot allow that to happen. <laughs> it's, it's it'll be unbelievable. It'll be. I mean, can you imagine? Um, I can. She will be going after him on uh, virtually every every single issue. She's going to be subpoenaing subpoena. Uh, she'll subpoena documents from the Deutsche Bank about Russian money laundering. Uh, She'll subpoena the finances of the Trump uh, foundation, the Trump businesses, his family businesses. You know she's going to go after all that stuff. She's already said she is. So it's really critical that the Democrats don't gain control of the House in November. No kidding. And I I don't know. According to the polls, it doesn't look like it could be stopped at this point. We just got to hope and pray for for a miracle at this point. Um, Don Lemon was on with uh, uh, Cuomo yesterday, Chris Cuomo, and they were talking about uh, Ted Cruz and his wife being accosted at that D.C. restaurant. By the way, the restaurant just kind of uh, directed the the Cruz's into a uh, separate room, a private room. And then once, what, all, once all the excitement ended, they had him come back and sit. sit that actually table. makes sense because remember I, I talked about uh, he had trouble opening the door. Yeah. And I thought, why would they have trouble opening the door, getting him out? But they were getting mm-hmm. him into another room, not, yeah. not showing them out of the restaurant, which was Which cool. was great. Yeah. And they did call the police. So, you know, those two things were some of the concerns we had. Yeah. Why do they have to leave and everybody else right. stays? And why didn't they call the police and just get those idiots out of there? Well, yeah, I they guess did. they did. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. Um, so Don Lemon is talking about that particular, uh, 
incident and whether or not it's appropriate. Listen to this. Sometimes the only agency you have is to protest and to get in someone's face. You don't have any power when it comes to government or, and, and, and in society. What? I don't like it, but mm. it is one reason I'm not a public official, that I'm not running for office. In a way, I think it goes with the territory. I don't like that they were no, blocking his wife. But that's what, right. that's what he signed up for. And as a strict constitutionalist, no. which Ted Cruz is, he knows that it's protected under the First Amendment. Again, yeah, really. I don't it like though? it. I, don't, I wouldn't really. want it to happen oh, to me. That's I don't point. like it happened to his wife. But he, that's what he signed up for. That's uh, part of the didn't. deal. I don't, I don't know that that's what he signed up for. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you don't agree with Chris Cuomo very often. No, you don't. But that's madness from Don Lemon. What are you talking about? That's what he signed up for. I mean, man, that, that Chris goes on to there to say that it's you know that might be uh, you know that that's that's what's happening, and we're okay with it. But that's you know obviously we agree with that's not what he signed up. And for. we're not okay with it. I, I, I would hazard a guess that ninety five or ninety eight percent of Americans are not okay with. Well, that. I even I mean even Don Lemon is is at the point where you know he's okay with it up to the point as long as it's not him. You're right. right? Yeah. So if we're gonna if we're gonna hound Don Lemon into restaurants when he's with his significant other, uh, is he gonna like that? I'm sorry, you're a t- TV personality. That's what yeah, you signed, up, you signed for, up for. It. You signed yeah. up for it. It's uh, freedom of speech. It's our right. No, it's not your right to interrupt everybody else's dinner in public. That's not your right. No, your rights kind of stop where it's getting in the way of everybody else's yeah. rights. You want to holler at me when I'm walking from my car into the restaurant? You go ahead. Disturbing the peace comes to mind. Um, you know, clogging up somebody's hindering their business uh, is not okay. A lot of those things are not okay. That's not part of free speech. Um, and, and we can't get to the point where we say, "Yeah, that's right. That's it's just free speech, and that's what okay. he signed up for." Are you kidding me? It's the same thing they did with the banker when the uh, those idiots from Occupy Wall Street showed up as, at his house and scared yeah. the hell out of his nine year old daughter when she was home alone. And uh, everybody came rushing back home because 1,500 people or something were on their lawn. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Yes. Yeah, that's what he signed up for. No, he up for. No, no, he didn't. No, he did not. No, that's not okay. You don't go to people's homes uh, and scare that crap out of their children. You know, there's, there's some lines that you don't cross, and... Uh, we're crossing them all right now. Oh, because because we believe there's a line. There's many. There's you know there is no line. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. In, if any if anything in the past was thought to have a line, then it needs to be crossed now or erased. And that's what that's what the Democrats are doing. That's what Antifa is doing. Yes. Uh, and it's it's just wrong. We can't get used to this stuff. We can't say, hey, you know what? That's okay. It's all right. It's really not. It's not okay just because a U.S. senator is uh, uh, a public figure that it's okay to hassle him in restaurants and everywhere he goes. The Maxine Waters challenge to her supporters is not okay. No, it is not. And even though she's she could be in a position to start really wreaking havoc on this administration. How can that be? I could, uh, how can how could that be possible? You know, two years ago, you would have ever thought that it would even be in the realm of possibility for Democrats to take back the House. But here we are with the what was it? I I heard last week an eighty percent chance they're going to retake the House. 
not good. I, I don't like that number. No, I don't. I don't like can you it say at all. Another number and not use that one. I can say another number. Let's say five percent. I like that. You like that yeah, one? I like that one a lot. All right, just believe that then, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't true, but go ahead and believe it. <laughs> now, yesterday we had the accusation uh, on Brett Kavanaugh of the uh, uh, of the rape gang that he was part of. You know, we yeah. heard, we heard the rumors From of that Julie last week, and then, Vicknick or whatever, and Sweatnick, and Sweatnick, and yeah. she she came out with some of those details yesterday, and then last night this fourth allegation came out and we talked about this uh, a little bit earlier that a bunch of anonymous people four women were with right. Kavanaugh who was drunk and I, I don't know all the details but they were in a bar they were under the influence of alcohol and then they were all shocked when Brett Kavanaugh shoved her friend up against a wall very aggressively and sexually aggressively how do you sexually, sexually yeah. shove someone up against a wall did you grab her in a sexual place? Is that what the allegation is? Or did he just look like he had that look in his eye or shoved up against the wall? I... Aggressively and sexually. Yeah. Now, there were four witnesses, including my daughter, right. she says. The writer of the letter provided no names, but said the alleged victim was traumatized right. and uh, had decided to remain anonymous herself. A Democratic source said the minority wasn't satisfied by the Republicans' question of questions about the incident during the call, calling them cursory, and believed it should be investigated more deeply. The alleged event occurred in D.C. Uh, in 1998. It says, when Kavanaugh was an adult. <laughs> yes. so he was an adult 20 years ago? Adult. Huh. That's a yeah, surprise. He was an adult. I, I that's this is one of my favorites because of the uh the anonymous and the anonymous of everything yeah i mean it's amazing to me that it's yeah. even we even think it's news i know so uh our our buddy uh who banned birth control cory gardner, gardner gets a uh mm-hmm. gets a letter from an anonymous lady yeah supposedly they're republicans these anonymous people are supposed Republicans. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about her daughter, but we don't know who her daughter is because the mother we and don't the know daughter who she are is. anonymous. We don't know who the daughter is. And we don't know who the friend who is. And the who can corroborate the aggressively sexually mm-hmm. toss up against the wall mm-hmm. uh, that can back her story up 100%. She's anonymous, anonymous too. Yeah. So. And the other friend that had nothing to do with any of this is also anonymous. So it's it's cool. great. Right. It's a, right, it's a right, right. powerful there's allegation. Another, there's another anonymous person who saw this that can back it up, too. But <clears throat> And can you believe we're at a point where we're talking about someone was pushed pushed up against a wall? I don't know how hard. We don't know how aggressively. We don't know what, you know, if he just grabbed her arm and turned her around. Who knows what happened right. here? But really, this is what you're going to. And she's been traumatized ever since. But that is it. Ever since, <laughs> I'm worried that she she may not even have a job now because you know she's been so traumatized. Right? Can she work? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if she can't. I don't know. We'll never know. We'll, well, we'll we, never know because we may if they come anonymous. and testify, but they're anonymous, so maybe not. We're not gonna. We're gonna so no, all you have anonymous. to do is send an anonymous complaint to a representative. Yeah, right. And it's just all over the place. Now. It, you're fine. Yeah. Come on. Uh, how do we go by this standard? I don't know. How do we get to this place? I don't know. 
And I, you know, many, many, many things that have happened now, I don't think you ever get past, right? They're already there. They're already there. I don't know that you ever come back to. Yeah. Uh, is every without, nomination process yeah. going to be this ugly now? Yeah. Probably. Right. I mean, even if it's good, if it's half as ugly, it'll, it's still going to be ugly and you'll think, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as, mm-hmm. wasn't bad as that one. Which leads me to believe if he is not confirmed, the next, the very next nominee has to be, and he should do it right away, Amy Coney Barrett. Go ahead and go after a woman, and let's right. see what happens. All right? Because you're the ones who are uh, concerned about, uh, aren't you? You're concerned about women's rights. You're concerned about being sensitive to women, about equality. And so you better not go after a woman, but would they? Be interesting to see. It would be. What are they going to say about her? Because they're not going to like her. She's more conservative, by all accounts, than Brett Kavanaugh is. So they certainly don't want her. Be interesting to see. Uh, it would be. It would be interesting. <laughs> it would be, it'd be fun to watch if Trump said, you know what? You won. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, you didn't win. I don't believe you. But, you know, we're going we're gonna to let Brett just continue to do mm-hmm. his, you know, lifetime appointment appointment on the i guess some people call it the second highest court in the land uh and uh we'll let him alone but uh, i'm gonna nominate this lady let's we're just gonna get somebody in there we'll get we'll get her in here yeah right same day same time it's pretty clear you guys want a woman so let's yeah let's, let's go this. with amy coney barrett uh 888 from hurricanes to earthquakes and cyber warfare every american should have a plan to get through an emergency Uh, Because as we've seen, they can happen at any time. Natural disasters, the power could be out, sometimes for weeks, depending on what happens. It's just more urgent than ever that you be prepared. And we've seen again and again, response and repair to infrastructure can be slow. And we had so many things going on last year that FEMA toward the end of the year said, look, we can't do it. Uh, You're going to have to be prepared on your own. We won't be there next time. So... Uh, you might want to get prepared. Best place to start is storing food that lasts up to 25 years. Um, build up a supply over time so that you're ready. I trust, and I use my Patriot Supply for my food storage. I have a whole room upstairs, a little little room um, uh, dedicated to our food storage. And it, it, it even a year's supply takes up just, you know, maybe a, not even half of the room, maybe a third of the room. And it's so it stores really easily and conveniently, and it doesn't take up a bunch of space, and it lasts, again, for 25 years. Make today the day that you become prepared and you have that peace of mind. Everybody in your household should have at least a four-week emergency food kit. And there's a special on those right now. Save $100 when you go to my special website, uh, Glenn's special website, preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. These four-week food kits are shipped fresh and discreetly to your door. So do this right now while you're thinking about it. I know that you keep thinking, yeah, i got to do that. It's a relief once you do. It is. I mean, it really is. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I have a year yet, but I'm pretty close to – I mean, I know – And that's I, a I great feeling, like, isn't it? I, I know we're up to, I think, three to maybe six months or something. You know, we've mm-hmm. a Which is a time. really good start. But it is like – if I see it where we have it now, and it's like, Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. We're good. And the thing is, you know, people say, ah, you'll eat anything if you're hungry enough. 
Yeah, but you don't have to. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's true, but you don't have to. I guarantee it's not true because anything includes kale, and I'm not eating it. Yeah, and I'm not eating it. I don't care how hungry I am, I'm not eating kale. But this is delicious food. It really is is good and easy to prepare. So do it right now. Order and save $100 per kit on their best seller this week. Call 1 800 200 7163 or go online at preparewithglenn.com. Whatever this world cooks up. No, with this food, you're absolutely prepared. 800-200-7163 or preparewithglenn.com. The Kavanaugh hearing is about to begin, and this is the day that uh, Christine Blasey Blasey Bluesy Ford is uh, supposed to testify. So we'll find out in moments, and we'll be carrying that live. Coming up in just a few minutes on the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Glenn Beck. Pat Gray and uh, Jeffy for Glenn today. Uh, We are about to uh, join the Kavanaugh hearing live. Christine Blasey Ford is in fact there. And ready to testify, she did show up, and uh, Chuck Grassley is speaking now and opening up the hearing. Let's, uh, let's join that live They right and their families have received vile threats. What they have endured ought to be considered by all of us as unacceptable and a f- poor reflection on the state of civility in our democracy. So I want to apologize to you both for the way you've been treated. And I intend, hopefully, for today's hearing to to be safe, comfortable, and dignified for both of our witnesses. I hope my colleagues will join me in this effort of a show of civility. With that said, I lament that this hearing how this hearing has come about. On July the 9th, 2018, the president announced Judge Kavanaugh's nomination to serve on the Supreme Court. Judge Kavanaugh has served on the most important federal appellate court for 12 years. Before that, he held some of the most sensitive positions in the federal government. The president added Judge Kavanaugh to his short list of Supreme Court more than nine months ago in November 2017. As part of Judge Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court, the FBI conducted its sixth full field background investigation of Judge Kavanaugh (coughs) since 1993, 25 years ago. Nowhere in any of these six FBI reports, I was Chuck which Grassley committee speaking. investigators have reviewed on a bipartisan basis, was there a whiff of any issue, any issue at all related in any way to inappropriate sexual behavior. Dr. Ford first raised her allegations in a secret letter uh, to the uh, ranking member nearly two months ago. In July, this letter was secret from July 30th, September 13th, 
to, uh, no, July 30th until September 13th when I first heard about it. The ranking member took no action. The letter wasn't shared with me, our colleagues, or my staff. These allegations could have been investigated in a way that maintained the confidentiality that Dr. Ford uh, requested. Before his hearing, Judge Kavanaugh met privately with 65 senators, including the ranking member. But the ranking member didn't ask Judge Kavanaugh about the allegations when she met with him privately in August. The Senate Judiciary Committee held its four-day public hearing from September 4th to September 7th. Judge Kavanaugh testified for more than 32 hours in public. We held a closed session for members to ask sensitive questions on, that, on the last evening, which the ranking member did not attend. Judge Kavanaugh answered nearly 1,300 written questions submitted by senators after the hearing, more than all prior Supreme Court nominees. Throughout this period, we did not know about the ranking member's secret evidence. Then, only at an 11th hour, on the eve of Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation vote, did the ranking member refer the allegations to the FBI. And then, sadly, the allegations were leaked to the press. And that's where Dr. Uh, Ford was mistreated. This is a shameful way to treat our witness who insisted on confidentiality. And, uh, and uh, of course, uh, Judge Kavanaugh, who has had to address these allegations in the midst of a media circus. When I received Dr. Ford's letter on September the 13th, my staff and I recognized the seriousness of these allegations and immediately began our committee's investigation consistent with the way the committee has handled such allegations in the past. Every step of the way, the Democratic side refused to participate in what should have been a bipartisan investigation. And as far as I know, on all of our judgeships throughout at least the last four years, or three years, that's been the way it's been handled. After Dr. Ford's identity became public, my staff contacted all the individuals she uh, said attended the 1982 party described in the Washington Post article. Judge Kavanaugh immediately submitted to an interview under penalty of felony for any knowingly false statements. He denied the allegations categorically. Democratic staff was invited to participate and could have asked any questions they wanted to, but they declined. Which leads me then to wonder, if they're really concerned with going to the truth, why wouldn't you want to talk to the accused? The process and procedure is what the committee always does when we receive allegations of wrongdoing. My staff reached out to other individuals allegedly at the party, Mark Judge, Patrick Smith, Leland uh, Kaiser. All three submitted statements to the Senate under, under penalty of felony, denying any knowledge of the events described by Dr. Ford. Dr. Ford's lifelong friend, Dr. Ms. Kaiser, um, stated she doesn't know Judge Kavanaugh and doesn't recall ever attending a party with him. My staff made repeated requests to interview Dr. Ford during the past 11 days, even volunteering to fly to California to take her testimony.
but her attorneys refused to prevent, present her allegations to Congress. I, never, I nevertheless honored her request for a public hearing, so Dr. Ford today has the opportunity to prevent her allegations under oath. As you can see, the Judiciary Committee was able to conduct thorough investigations into allegations, or thorough investigations into allegations. Some of my colleagues, consistent with their stated desires to obstruct Kavanaugh's nomination by any means precisely, uh, by any means necessary, pushed for FBI investigations into the allegations. But I have no authority to force the executive branch agency to conduct an investigation into a matter it considers to be closed. Moreover, once the allegations become, became public, it was easy to identify all the alleged witnesses and conduct our own investigations. Contrary to what the public has been led to believe, the FBI doesn't perform any credibility assessments or verify the truth of any events in these background investigations. I'll quote then Chairman Joe Biden during Justice Thomas's confirmation hearing. This is what Senator Biden said, quote, the next person who refers to an FBI report as being worth anything obviously doesn't understand anything. The FBI explicitly does not, in this or any other case, reach a conclusion, period. They say he, he said, she said, they said, period. So when people wave an FBI report before you, understand they do not. They do not. They do not reach conclusions. They do not make recommendations. End of Senator Biden's quote. The FBI provided us with the allegations. Now it's up to the Senate to assess their credibility, which brings us to this very time. I look forward to a fair and respectful hearing. That's what we promised Dr. Ford. Some of my colleagues have complained about the fact that an expert on this side is investigating sex crimes will be questioning the witness. I see no basis for complaint other than just plain politics. The testimony we will hear today concerns allegations of sexual assault. Very serious allegations. All right, stations, I think we'll take our this break right now. And uh, well, Grassley is uh, babbling um, endlessly. And hopefully by the time we get back, um, Christine Blasey Ford will be testifying. 888-727-BECK. It is Pat and Jeffy for Glenn. What is ransomware? It's uh, malicious software that locks your computer and demands ransom money to restore access. And it's uh, it's mind-numbingly irritating, <laughs> plus costly. <laughs> Cyber criminals will demand payment uh, within a certain time or you risk losing access to your data forever. We're seeing stories about this more and more Yeah, I mean, it, it, for everyone. And getting your data back isn't guaranteed either. The average ransomware demand in 2017 was over 500 bucks. So what can you do? Well, don't automatically open email attach- attachments from unknown sources and most importantly, use up-to-date computer security software. There are so many threats in today's connected world. And it just takes one weak link for criminals to get in. So it's a good thing 
The new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect against uh, threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. Now, nobody can obviously stop every single cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but new LifeLock with Norton Security can see threats you might miss on your own. Go to LifeLock.com. Or you could call them, too, at 800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK, and you'll get an extra 10% off your first year, plus a $25 Amazon gift card with annual enrollment. Again, it's promo code BECK, and some terms apply. Go to LifeLock.com. Okay, we heard an almost endless opening statement from Chuck Grassley uh, to open the Kavanaugh hearing. He did finally end. He did finally end, and now we're hearing from the ranking Democrat, of course, Dianne Feinstein. Then we'll hear from the ranking socialist, and after that will be the ranking communist, followed by the undersecretary, and then the person under the undersecretary, and the over-under will be there as well. But here here we go. But I want you to know I didn't forget to do it because I would do that just as she was about to speak. Thank you. I have to say, when I saw your CV, I was extremely impressed. You have a bachelor's degree from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, two master's degrees. All right, so again, uh, Diane Feinstein is uh, making her opening address, and she's telling her just how impressed she is with her as a wonderful woman. And uh, some form of sexual violence in their lifetime. So here's her opening statement. According to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, 60% of sexual assaults go unreported. In addition, when survivors do report their assaults, it's often years later, due to the trauma they suffered and fearing their stories will not be believed. Last week, I received a letter from a 60-year-old California constituent who told me that she survived an attempted rape at age 17. She described as being terrified and embarrassed. She never told a soul until much later in life. The assault stayed with her for 43 years. I think it's important to remember these realities as we hear from Dr. Ford about her experience. There's been a great deal of public discussion about the Me Too movement today versus the year of the woman almost 27 years ago. But while young women are standing up and saying no more, our institutions have not progressed in how they treat women who come forward. Too often, Women's memories and credibility come under assault. In essence, they are put on trial and forced to defend themselves and often re-victimized in the process. 27 years ago, I was walking through an airport when I saw a large group of people gathered around a TV to listen to Anita Hill tell her story. What I saw was an attractive woman in a blue suit before an all-male Judiciary Committee speaking of her experience of sexual harassment. She was treated badly, accused of lying, attacked, and her credibility put to the test throughout the process. Today, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford has come forward to tell her story of being assaulted and fearing for her life when she was a teenager. 
Initially, as I said, Dr. Ford did not want to make her story public. Then, within 36 hours of coming forward, Republicans scheduled a hearing without talking to her or even inviting her to testify. She was told she had to show up for the, or the committee would move forward with a vote. It took a public outcry for the, from the majority, excuse me, for the majority to back down and give her even a few days to come before the committee. Republicans also scheduled this hearing with Dr. Ford without having her allegations investigated by the FBI. In 1991, Anita anyway. Hill's allegations were reviewed by the FBI, as is the normal process and squarely within its jurisdiction. However, despite repeated requests, President Trump and the Republicans have refused to take this routine step and direct the FBI to conduct an impartial investigation. This would clearly be the best way to ensure a fair process to both Judge Kavanaugh and to Dr. Ford. In 1991, the Senate heard from 22 witnesses over three days. Today, while rejecting an FBI investigation, Republicans are refusing to hear testimony from any other witness, including Mark Judge, who Dr. Ford identified as being in the room when the attack took place. And we believe Judge should be subpoenaed so the committee can hear from him directly. Republicans have also refused to call anyone who could speak to the evidence that would support or refute Dr. Ford's claim. By all that is and holy, not get to one it. Witness, Diane, just get um, to it. Who could address credibility Please, for the and character of, of either Ford or Kavanaugh. And all things good called. and right in these universes. What I find most get inexcusable is this rush to judgment, okay. the unwillingness to take these kinds of allegations at face value and look at them for what they are a real question of character for mm -hmm. someone who is asking for a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. I'm begging you now. Get In 1991, to Republicans Good belittled heavens. Professor Hill's experience, saying, and I quote, it won't make a bit of difference in the outcome, end quote. And they were and right. the burden of proof was on <laughs> Professor Hill. And Today, that's, that's an American our Republican principle. colleagues are saying this is a hiccup. Dr. Ford is mixed up and declaring, I'll listen to the lady, but we're going to bring this to a close. What's right. worse, and? many of our colleagues on the other side of the aisle have also made it clear that no matter what happens today, the Senate will plow right through and ensure Judge Kavanaugh would be elevated within a week. In fact, on Tuesday, the majority went ahead and scheduled a vote on the nomination Good. before we heard one word of testimony regarding allegations of sexual assault and misconduct by Brett Kavanaugh. Republican leadership even told senators they should plan to be in over this weekend so the nomination can be pushed through without delay. This is despite the fact that in the last few days, 
two more women have come forward with their own serious allegations of sexual assault involving Brett Kavanaugh. And despite the fact this that two other Sunday, men have admitted to the, the thing of, uh, against Ramirez, Christine Blasey Ford. Who was a student at Yale with Brett Kavanaugh. Right. She, too, mm. did not want to come forward. But after being approached by reporters, mm. she told her story. And Michael Avenatti, right. her lawyer. She was at a college party. I didn't want to, but Kavanaugh then. Kavanaugh exposed himself to her. She recalls pushing him oh, away. Oh, that's the other one. And then seeing him laughing and pulling his pants that's up. That's really not what she recalls. Then yesterday, nope. And it took her Judy six days with lawyers to come to, to that conclusion. That All right. Uh, Diane Feinstein uh, continues to babble. And uh, <laughs> Christine Blasey Ford continues to wait patiently. Uh, through the Democrat, uh, the ranking Democrat, that I guess we've got to hear her statement. So she continues to make it. And hopefully when we come back, we'll actually hear from Christine Blasey Ford. That'd be nice. Uh, it would be nice. Let's get to it already. Coming up on the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. With Pat and Jeffy today, we are uh, joining the Kavanaugh hearings live as Christine Blasey Ford is just beginning her testimony. To tell you what happened to me while Brett Kavanaugh and I were in high school. I have described the events publicly before. I summarized them in my letter to Ranking Member Feinstein and again in a letter to Chairman Grassley. I understand and appreciate the importance of your hearing from me directly about what happened to me and the impact that it has had on my life and on my family. I grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. I attended the Holton Arms School in Bethesda, Maryland from 1978 to 1984. Holton Arms is an all-girls school that opened in 1901. During my time at the school, Girls at Holton Arms frequently met and became friendly with boys from all boys' schools in the area, including the Landon School, Georgetown Prep, Gonzaga High School, as well as our country clubs and other places where kids and families socialized. This is how I met Brett Kavanaugh, the boy who sexually assaulted me. During my freshman and sophomore school years, when I was 14 and 15 years old, my group of friends intersected with Brett and his friends for a short period of time. I had been friendly with a classmate of Brett's for a short time during my freshman and sophomore year. And it was through that connection that I attended a number of parties that Brett also attended. We did not know each other well, but I knew him and he knew me. In the summer of 1982, like most summers, I spent most every day at the Columbia Country Club in Chevy Chase, Maryland, swimming and practicing diving. One evening that summer, after a day of diving at the club, I attended a small gathering at a house in the Bethesda area. There were four boys I remember specifically being at the house. Brett Kavanaugh, Mark Judge, a boy named PJ, and one other boy whose name I cannot recall. I also remember my friend Leland attending. I do not remember all of the details of how that gathering came together, but like many that summer, it was almost surely a spur of the moment gathering. I truly wish I could be more helpful with more detailed answers to all of the questions that have and will be asked about how I got to the party and where it took place and so forth. 
I don't have all the answers and I don't remember as much as I would like to. But the details that, about that night that bring me here today are the ones I will never forget. They have been seared into my memory and have haunted me episodically as an adult. When I got to the small gathering, people were drinking beer in a small living room, family room type area on the first floor of the house. I drank one beer. Brett and Mark were visibly drunk. Early in the evening, I went up a very narrow set of stairs leading from the living room to a second floor to use the restroom. When I got to the top of the stairs, I was pushed from behind into a bedroom across from the bathroom. I couldn't see who pushed me. Brett and Mark came into the bedroom and locked the door behind them. There was music playing in the bedroom. It was turned up louder by either Brett or Mark once we were in the room. I was pushed onto the bed and Brett got on top of me. He began running his hands over my body and grinding into me. I yelled, hoping that someone downstairs might hear me. And I tried to get away from him, but his weight was heavy. Brett groped me and tried to take off my clothes. He had a hard time because he was very inebriated and because I was wearing a one-piece bathing suit underneath my clothing. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. This is what terrified me the most and has had the most lasting impact on my life. It was hard for me to breathe, and I thought that Brett was accidentally going to kill me. Both Brett and Mark were drunkenly laughing during the attack. They seemed to be having a very good time. Mark seemed ambivalent, at times urging Brett on, and at times telling him to stop. A couple of times I made eye contact with Mark and thought he might try to help me, but he did not. During this assault, Mark came over and jumped on the bed twice while Brett was on top of me. And the last time that he did this, we toppled over and Brett was no longer on top of me. I was able to get up and run out of the room. Directly across from the bedroom was a small bathroom. I ran inside the bathroom and locked the door. I waited until I heard Brett and Mark leave the bedroom, laughing and loudly walk down the narrow stairway, pinballing off the walls on the way down. I waited, and when I did not hear them come back up the stairs, I left the bathroom, went down the same stairwell, through the living room, and left the house. I remember being on the street and feeling an enormous sense of relief that I had escaped that house and that Brett and Mark were not coming outside after me. Brett's assault on me drastically altered my life. For a very long time, I was too afraid and ashamed to tell anyone these details. I did not want to tell my parents that I, at age 15, was in a house without any parents present drinking beer with boys. I convinced myself that because Brett did not rape me, I should just move on and just pretend that it didn't happen. 
over the years, I told very, very few friends that I had this traumatic experience. I told my husband before we were married that I had experienced a sexual assault. I had never told the details to anyone, the specific details, until May 2012 during a couple's counseling session. The reason this came up in counseling is that my husband and I had completed a very extensive, very long remodel of our home, and I insisted on a second front door, an idea that he and others disagreed with and could not understand. In explaining why I wanted a second front door, I began to describe the assault in detail. I recall saying that the boy who assaulted me could someday be on the U.S. Supreme Court and spoke a bit about his background at an elitist all-boys school in Bethesda, Maryland. My husband recalls that I named my attacker as Brett Kavanaugh. After that May 2012 therapy session, I did my best to ignore the memories of the assault because recounting them caused me to relive the experience and cause panic and anxiety. Occasionally, I would discuss the assault in an individual therapy session, but talking about it caused more reliving of the trauma, so I tried not to think about it or discuss it. But over the years, I went through periods where I thought about the attack. I had confided in some close friends that I had had an experience with sexual assault. Occasionally, I stated that my assailant was a prominent lawyer or judge, but I did not use his name. I do not recall each person I spoke to about Brett's assault. And some friends have reminded me of these conversations since the publication of the Washington Post story on September 16th, 2018. This is the Glenn Beck program. But until July we are listening 2018, to Christine I had never known Mr. Testify as my at the Kavanaugh here outside of therapy. This changed in early July 2018. I saw press reports stating that Brett Kavanaugh was on the short list of a list of very well-qualified Supreme Court nominees. I thought it was my civic duty to relay the information I had about Mr. Kavanaugh's conduct so that those considering his nomination would know about this assault. On July 6th, I had a sense of urgency to relay the information to the Senate and the President as soon as possible before a nominee was selected. I did not know how specifically to do this. I called my congressional representative and let her receptionist know that someone on the president's shortlist had attacked me. I also sent a message to the encrypted Washington Post confidential tip line. I did not use my name, but I provided the names of Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge. I stated that Mr. Kavanaugh had assaulted me in the 1980s in Maryland. This was an extremely hard thing for me to do, but I felt that I couldn't not do it. Over the next two days, I told a couple of close friends on the beach in Aptos, California, that Mr. Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted me. I was very conflicted as to whether to speak out. On July 9th, I received a return phone call from the office of Congresswoman Anna Eshoo after Mr. Kavanaugh had become the nominee. I met with her staff on July 18th 
and with her on July 20th, describing the assault and discussing my fears about coming forward. Later, we discussed the possibility of sending a letter to Ranking Member Feinstein, who is one of my state senators, describing what occurred. My understanding is that Representative Eshoo's office delivered a copy of my letter to Senator Feinstein's office on July 30th. The letter included my name, but also a request that it be kept confidential. My hope was that providing the information confidentially would be sufficient to allow the Senate to consider Mr. Kavanaugh's serious misconduct without having to make myself, my family, or anyone's family vulnerable to the personal attacks and invasions of privacy that we have faced since my name became public. In a letter dated August 31st, Senator Feinstein wrote that she would not share the letter without my explicit consent, and I appreciated this commitment. Sexual assault victims should be able to decide for themselves when and whether their private experience is made public. As the hearing date got closer, I struggled with a terrible choice. Do I share the facts with the Senate and put myself and my family in the public spotlight? Or do I preserve our privacy and allow the Senate to make its decision without knowing the full truth of his past behaviors? I agonized daily with this decision throughout August and September 2018. The sense of duty that originally motiva motivated me to reach out confidentially to the Washington Post and to Anna Eshoo's office when there was still a list of extremely qualified candidates and to Senator Feinstein was always there. But my fears of the consequences of speaking out started to exponentially increase. During August 2018, the press reported that Mr. Kavanaugh's confirmation was virtually certain. Persons painted him as a champion of women's rights and empowerment. And I believed that if I came forward, my single voice would be drowned out by a chorus of powerful supporters. By the time of the confirmation hearings, I had resigned myself to remaining quiet and letting the committee and the Senate make their decision without knowing what Mr. Kavanaugh had done to me. Once the press started reporting on the existence of the letter I had sent to Senator Feinstein, I faced mounting pressure. All right, we're going to take a quick Reporters break here and then uh, get back to more of Christine Blasey Ford's testimony live from the today. Kavanaugh hearings. Our sponsor this half hour is ZipRecruiter. Recru you know it's not smart uh, are job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. You don't need that. You don't have time for that. But you know what is smart? ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, and then it identifies the people you need with the right skills, the right education, and experience for your job. And it actively then invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through uh, the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidate to apply. 
It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Glenn Beck. With Pat and Jeffy, we've been carrying the Kavanaugh hearings live. Christine Blasey Ford just finished up her opening statement, and now the senators are beginning to question her. Please ask me to clarify it or ask it in a different way. When I ask questions, sometimes I'll refer back to other information you've provided. If I do that and I get it wrong, please correct me. This is the special prosecutor, Rachel I'm not going to ask you to guess. I know it was a long time ago. If you do estimate, please let me know that you're estimating, okay? Fair. Um, We've put before you, and I'm sure you have copies of them anyway, five pieces of information, and I wanted to go over them. Um, The first is a screenshot of a WhatsApp texting between you and somebody at the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. Do you have that in front of you? Yes. The first two texts were sent by you on July 6th, is that correct? Correct. And then the last one sent by you was on July 10th? Correct. Okay. Um, Are those three comments accurate? I will read them, yes. Take your time. So there's one correction. Okay. Um, I've misused the word bystander as an adjective. Okay. Bystander means someone that is looking at an assault and and, uh, the person named PJ was not technically a bystander. I was writing very quickly. More of the uh, Kavanaugh hearings live coming up on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Jeffy. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Glenn Beck. Pat and uh, Jeffy for Glenn. Um, He's still a little bit under the weather, but we've got the uh, testimony of Christine Blasey Ford going on right now. Let's rejoin that. If we could find out when he worked there, then I could provide a more detailed timeline as to when the attack occurred. Okay. And that, that is, so that is not a correction in your statement? It's just, no. Okay. Um, you also uh, wrote out a handwritten statement for the polygrapher when you took your polygraph test. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and I, I see corrections on that where you crossed out. So I will go on to the Washington Post article that was okay. originally published on September 16th of this year. And should I just not look at this for accuracy or we're just going to leave that be? We may okay. come back to it if okay. we need to refer to it. Okay. Um, on the Washington Post article, um, did, did you submit to an interview by a reporter with the Washington Post for that article to be written. Correct. Okay. And then finally was the statement that you provided this morning. Uh, I assume that to the best of your recollection that that was accurate. That this whole article is accurate? No, no, no. The statement that you made this morning. Yes. Okay. I want to talk to you about 
the day that this happened mm -hmm. leading up to the gathering. Okay. In your statement this morning, have you told us everything that you remember about the day leading up to that? Yes. Let me ask just a few questions to make sure that you've thought of everything, okay? Um, you indicated uh, that you were at the country club swimming that day? That's my best estimate of how this could have happened. Okay. Um, and when you say best estimate, is that based on the fact that you said you went there pretty much every day? Mm -hmm. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay. Um, do you recall prior to getting there, so I'm, I'm only talking about up to the gathering, okay. had you had anything to drink? Not at all. Okay. Were you on any sort of medication? None. Okay. Do you recall knowing before you went who was going to be at that gathering? I recall that expecting that Mark Judge and Leland would be at that gathering. Okay. Uh, do you recall an expectation that Brett Kavanaugh would be there? I don't recall that whether or not I expected that. Okay. Now, let's talk about the gathering uh, up from the time you arrived till right when you went up the stairs, just that period of time, okay? What was the atmosphere like at the gathering? Um, the, Mr. Kavanaugh and Mr. Judge were extremely inebriated. They had clearly been drinking prior, and the other people at the party were not. Um, the living room Can I was ask you just to follow up on that? When you said it was clear that they had been drinking prior, do you mean prior to the time you had gotten there or prior to the time they had arrived? Pri prior to the time that they arrived. I don't recall who arrived first, though, whether it was me or them. Okay. Please continue. Okay. So I recall that the I, could, I can sketch a floor plan. Um, I recall that it was a spar sparsely furnished, fairly modest living room. Uh, and it was not really a party, like the news has made it sound. Uh, it was not. It was just a gathering that I assumed was going to lead to a party later on that those boys would attend because they tended to have parties later at night than I was allowed to stay out. So it was kind of a pre-gathering. Was it loud? No, not in the living room. Um, besides the music that you've described that was playing in the bedroom, was there any other um, music or television or anything like that that was adding? No. Okay. So there wasn't a stereo playing downstairs? No. Okay. So, so the Glenn Beck Senator Lee. Taking the uh, Brett Kavanaugh hearing thank live. Thank you uh, for being here. Uh, Mr. Chairman, you know, the, the way to make this inquiry truly credible is to do what we've always done when new information about nominee comes to light. <coughs> to use your words this morning, uh, you want to reach the truth. The easy way to do that, ask the FBI to investigate. It's what we've always done. Let them investigate, report back to us. The same applies to the serious allegations made by uh, Deborah Ramirez and uh, Julie Swetnick. Let's have a nonpartisan professional investigation and then take the time to have these witnesses testify. Chairman, you and I were both here 27 years ago. 
At that time, the Senate failed. You were there Anita in the Lincoln Hill. administration, I think. I said I believed her, but I'm concerned that we're doing a lot less for these three women today. That's my personal view. Now, Dr. Ford, no matter what happens with this hearing today, no matter what happens with this nomination, I know, and I hear from so many in my own state of Vermont, there are millions of victims and survivors out there who have been inspired by your courage. I am. Bravery is contagious. Indeed, that's the driving force behind the Me Too movement. And you sharing your story is going to have a lasting, positive impact on so many survivors in our country. We owe you a debt of gratitude for that, Doctor. Now, some senators have suggested you were simply mixed up about who assaulted you. An ally of Judge Kavanaugh in the White House even promoted a wild theory about a Kavanaugh lookalike. You immediately rejected that theory, as did the innocent man who had been called that lookalike. In fact, he sent a letter to this committee forcefully rejecting this absurd theory, and I ask consent to enter that in the record. Without objection. Now, did, how did you know Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge? And is it possible that you would mix them up with somebody else? No, it is not. And the person that was uh, blamed for the incident is actually the person who introduced me to them originally. So he was a member of Columbia Country Club, and I don't want to talk about him because I think it's unfair, but he is the person that, that introduced me to them. But you, you would not mix up somebody else with Brett Kavanaugh, is that correct? Correct. Or Mark Judge? Correct. Well, then let's go back to the incident. What is the strongest memory you have? The strongest memory of the incident? Something that you cannot forget. Take whatever time you need. Indelible in the hippocampus is the laughter. The, la the uproarious laughter between the two. And they're having fun at my expense. You've never forgotten that laughter. You've never forgotten them laughing at you. They were laughing with each other. And you were the object of the laughter? I was, you know, underneath one of them while the two laughed. Two, fr two friends having a really good time with one another. Let me enter into the record uh, a statement by the National Task Force to End Domestic Violence. Without objection, so ordered. And a letter from 24 members of the House of Representatives urging the committee to use the NTF's trauma-informed approach in questioning Dr. Ford. And a letter from another 160 All right. members uh, of the As House Patrick Leahy continues to, uh, to uh, interrogate Christine Blasey Ford, uh, we're going we're gonna to jump out here for, our, uh, for a break, and then we'll uh, come right back to, it, to taking uh, live coverage of this. But just to recap everything Patrick Leahy just said there, Interesting. Yeah. It's a it's interesting. A pretty much a direct quote of everything. Guys, and we go again. 
Just a quick recap for you. I didn't think we were recording it, but man, it's yeah. we can play it back that fast. Yeah, and uh, probably there's there's more to come in just a second here. Our sponsor this half hour is brought to you by American Financing. There's a lot of benefits to refinancing your mortgage. You can lower your interest rate. You can shorten your loan term, which is awesome and highly recommended by all experts. You could access cash or even consolidate high-interest debt. Those are all great options that can help you save an incredible amount of money over the life of that loan. You may be able to also save a thousand up to a thousand dollars a month so why wait for interest rates to increase they keep going up they've raised them three times already this year and they plan to do more so your next step should be a 10-minute call just a 10-minute call to american financing their salary-based mortgage consultant why is that important because they don't try to direct you to a program that's not right for you but it is for them and their commission so it's huge that they're salary-based there's never any upfront fees to consider Plus, they have access to every loan in the industry, so you can feel confident that your finance refinance needs are being met quickly, and they're in line with your budget. So make that call today. They offer the convenience of e-sign, too, which I, I love. So you can complete your documents from the comfort no kidding. of your own home. You don't On your schedule, you don't have to go in and do all that. Customize a loan program and term to fit your financial needs. They're licensed in all 50 states, so call American Financing today. That's 800-906-2440. Or you can go online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 18. Is this what you do? This is what you do. American Financing, NMLS. You're not trying to take my line. No, I I never. Well, I did consider it, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm reconsidering. I mean, American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck Mercury. Pat and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. The Kavanaugh accuser, uh, Christine Blasey Ford, is being questioned now before the Senate Judiciary Committee. We go back live to that. If that's helpful. Okay, I'm going to put check marks next to homes that I can confirm are the correct locations and then an X or a question mark when I don't know where these people live. I'm only asking you to confirm if that map accurately shows where you were living at the where time. Where I lived at the time. So um, I can't see the street name, but I'm happy to refer to the address or the neighborhood. Okay. Could you tell us that? Yes. It's uh, River Falls. Okay. It's near the, like, uh, what is the place called? The Naval Research Center on uh, Clara Barton Parkway. Okay, was that a house or an apartment? It was my parents' home. Okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. Senator Durbin. Mr. Chairman, I ask consent to enter into the record um, letters of support for Dr. Ford from her classmates at Holton Arms School, 1,200 alumni of the school, 195 of your colleagues, students, and mentors, 1,400 women who, and men who attended D.C. schools, and 50 members of the Yale Law School faculty who are calling for a full FBI investigation. I ask consent to enter these into the record. Without objection, so ordered. Dr. Ford, as difficult as this experience must be, I want you to know that your courage in coming forward has given countless Americans the strength to face their own life-shattering past and to begin to heal their wounds. By example, you have brought many families into an honest, and sometimes painful dialogue that should have occurred a long time ago. Name one family. I'm sorry for what this has done to you and your family. No one 
no one should face harassment, death threats, and disparaging comments by right. cheap shot politicians simply well, for telling Ted Cruz, the truth. Of course it is one. But you and your family should know that for every scurrilous charge and every pathetic tweet, there have been thousands of Americans, women and men, who believe you, support you, and thank you for your courage. What about the other 110 Watching genders? Watching your experience, you from it's any no of wonder them? that many sexual assault survivors hide their past and spend their lives suffering in pain silence. You had absolutely nothing to gain by bringing these facts to the Senate Judiciary Committee. The fact that you are testifying here today, terrified though you may be, the fact that you have called for an FBI investigation of this incident, the fact that you are prepared to name both Judge to Kavanaugh and eyewitness Mark Judge stands in sharp contrast to the obstruction we've seen on the other side. The FBI should have investigated your charges as they did in the Anita Hill hearing, but they did not. Yeah, just ask Joe Mark Biden Judge about that should be subpoenaed from his Bethany Beach hideaway and required to testify under oath, but he has not. Judge Kavanaugh, if he truly believes there's no evidence, no witnesses that can prove your case, should be joining us in demanding a thorough FBI investigation, but he has not. Today, you come before this committee and before this nation alone. I know you're joined by counsel and family. The prosecutor, on the Republican side will continue to ask questions to test your memory and veracity. After spending decades trying to forget that awful night, it's no wonder your recollection is less than perfect. A polished liar can create a seamless story, but a trauma survivor cannot be expected to remember every painful detail. That's what Senator Leahy has mentioned earlier. One question is critical. In Judge Kavanaugh's opening testimony, which we will hear after you leave, this is what he says. I never had any sexual or physical encounter of any kind with Dr. Ford. I am not questioning that Dr. Ford may have been sexually assaulted by some person in some place at some time. Last night, the Republican staff of this committee released to the media a timeline that shows that they've interviewed two people who claim they were the ones who actually assaulted you. Right. I'm asking you to address this new defense of mistaken identity directly. Dr. Ford, with what degree of certainty do you believe Brett Kavanaugh assaulted you? 100%. Oh. 100%. I thought she was going to go like that. In the letter which you sent to Dr. Feinstein, or Senator Feinstein, you wrote, I have not knowingly seen Kavanaugh since the assault. I did see Mark Judge once at the Potomac Village Safeway where he was extremely uncomfortable in seeing me. Would you please describe that encounter at the Safeway with Mark Judge and what led you to believe he was uncomfortable? Yes, I was going to the Potomac Village Safeway. This is the one on the corner of Falls and River Road. And I was with my mother and I was a teenager so I wanted her to go in one door and me go in the other. So, um, I chose the wrong door because the door I chose was the one where Mark Judge was, uh, looked like he was working there and uh, arranging the shopping carts. And I said hello to him. And his face was white uh, and very uncomfortable saying hello back. Uh, and we had previously been 
friendly at the times that we saw each other over the previous two years, albeit not very many times, we had always been friendly with one another. Um, I wouldn't characterize him as not friendly. He was just nervous and not really wanting to speak with me. How and he, he looked a little bit ill. How long did this occur after the incident? Uh, I would estimate six to eight weeks. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Before we take a break, uh, I can't let what Durbin, Senator Durbin said, by the way, he's my friend, we work on a lot of legislation together, but uh, you talked about the obstruction from the other side. I ca cannot let it go by what you've heard me say so many times, that between July 30th and September 13th, there were 45 days this committee could have been investigating this situation, and uh, her privacy would have been protect, protected. So something happened here in between on your side that the whole country, well, not the whole country should have known about it. No, not know about it. We should have investigated it. We'll take a break now for 15 minutes. There you go. Uh, so Chuck Grassley puts the hammer down he there does. to then end this session. A break. Wow. The thing that ticks me off about it all wow. before we get back into the testimony and some of the uh, some of the, the written statements. By from the way, our this senators. is the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Jeffy for Glenn today. <laughs> is yes. that well? How the senators always have to. By the way, he's a friend of mine, and we work closely together mm -hmm. on different legislation. And mm -hmm. Stop it! I know. Well, they're trying to keep the decorum of the chamber uh, in force. I guess I don't know this this latest thing where you saw Mark Judge at a Safeway. And he seemed uncomfortable to you and nervous. You it, don't know his feelings. It may have been six to eight weeks after. May have been. May have been. Uh, and she apparently remembers just how nervous he was and how uncomfortable he was. But some of the other details are just sketchy. And and she remembers not wanting to go into a Safeway with her mom. <laughs> right. She wanted to go in remembers a different that door. Clearly. And she knows perfectly, apparently, the feelings of Mark Judge inside his body. So that's pretty impressive right, right? there. Yeah, triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Pat and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Addicted to outrage. The new book from Glenn Beck, Addicted to Outrage, is available everywhere. Order it now at Amazon.com. It's Pat Gray and Jeffy for Glenn today. Uh, you can also join me in about half an hour on my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, on the Blaze Radio and TV Network. Uh, also this afternoon on the news and why it matters as well. So what are the, you gonna be talking about, you think? Uh, it's possible we might mention the Kavanaugh hearing. Huh. Yeah. It's been an absolute circus so far. <laughs> an absolute Travis Shemockery. It's just a it's ludicrous what is happening. And the grandstanding of all these Democrats uh and spinning or just flat out lying about everything that has transpired. It's fascinating to watch fascinating there's there's been a fourth if you haven't heard um there's been a fourth allegation by somebody who wants to remain completely anonymous uh she was out with her daughter and two other people all anonymously brett kavanaugh for some reason was with the four of them at a bar and when they were leaving the bar she says they were all shocked when brett kavanaugh shoved her friend up against the wall very aggressively and sexually that was the anonymous mother with them because I, I thought i read yeah, that she I think so. that, the, that the anonymous daughter just told her well about the she situation. says 
There were at least four witnesses, including my daughter. Uh, the writer, writer of the letter provided no names, said the alleged victim was still traumatized. Yeah. And had well, decided to remain anonymous. How could herself. you not be? Well, at, being pushed anywhere near a wall when it's aggressively and sexually. Of course, that sticks with you the rest of your sure life. It does. You don't recover from something like that. You don't. There's no recovering. Just like uh, mm-hmm. Blasey Ford didn't recover. No recovering from that. Except. Well, she became a doctor. Went to about four different <laughs> very influential universities. Yeah. And it, I found it interesting, fascinating. In fact, she went to a private uh, private girls school, huh. a very prestigious private girls school, which she just said, I went to an all girls school. When she d- described the all male school that Kavanaugh attended, it was an elitist, an elite. an elitist uh, school that he attended. Oh, okay. Nice spin on that. Yours wasn't, but his no, yeah. was. I see. Okay. Well, look, she can't be expected. Hers wasn't elitist. She just got to hang out at the club every day. Every the summer. day she hung out at the club. Who among us? Right. Doesn't right. have a club that we hang out Thank at every you. day. I Thank mean, you. Yeah, that's I, not elite. I had a club. It was, it was the front porch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, on the mean streets of Alabama, Montana, yeah, be in the front I, I don't think there was a club. Right. There, I don't think that. I'm trying to think if I even know of a country club on the mean streets of Helena. I don't think so. I don't think you were lucky if you could find a concrete bunker where you could hide from all the right. bullet fire. Right. I mean, <laughs> the danger, the danger of it just never stopped yeah. the danger. It just never stopped. So this fourth allegation and the Democrats have been saying how they want to stop everything now and talk to all of these people. Well, I don't even know how you do that when these this fourth allegation, this group wants to stay anonymous. How do you even have them come and testify before right. the Senate committee? Now, uh, we've been told that the vote will be held tomorrow, come what may. So make up your mind. Let's move on. And they don't want that. Now, you, you heard from her uh, <laughs> with her statement. And now uh, we're having some kind of questioning from the special prosecutor. She gets, uh, starts getting into it good. Then they cut her off. Yeah. Uh, they continue to cut her off. And then we have to hear from... Uh, different senators make their statements, barely ask a question and say how good Ford is. And then oh, I will throw it back to the special prosecutor. Um, do you buy her so far? Do you buy it so far? Uh, I, I, I think that she was assaulted by somebody. And I don't think it was Brett Kavanaugh. That's, that's the thing. You know, in the incident she describes could have happened. Absolutely plausible. Yes. yes. But I don't believe it was, it was Kavanaugh who did it. First of all, everybody who knows him really well says that's completely right. out of his character. Women who dated him at the time say it was completely out of his character. He himself seemed pretty believable when he said what he said he the did. other night as yeah. his wife sat by his side on Fox News. Yeah, well, how about that? We're supposed to believe all women, just not her. Right. And I guess men can never be believed, but women always have to be believed. When did that rule begin? Any woman who, who claims, like, no woman has ever claimed that, that they were sexually assaulted um, falsely? Nope. Ask the Duke lacrosse team if that's ever happened. Ah, there was something there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It's, I guess we're just a, supposed to suspend disbelief completely. And so anybody and everybody who comes forward, uh, you just let them smear this guy. Right. Without digging into the substance of it. Um, you know, that sleazy lawyer, 
Michael Avenatti came forward with uh, the the client who claims that Kavanaugh was part of a rape gang right. in high school. And he's all pissed off that people have looked into her background. What? Okay, so you can about? dig into everything involving Kavanaugh. We can't look into the accuser's background? Right. The, by the way, in her background, an ex-boyfriend claims that she stalked him and threatened him and his family when he when he stopped seeing her. Right. Um, now, is that relevant to whether or not Brett Kavanaugh was in a rape gang? No, but it goes to character, right? Sure it, goes to it goes to credibility. Character. It goes to, yeah, uh, mental stability. <laughs> so... This whole thing is just, uh, uh, well, it's a circus. It certainly is. And I still have, I have a, a just a, a huge problem with it all. Because, uh, I can't believe that if you believe that uh, Judge Kavanaugh was part of a rape gang, mm-hmm. that none of it came out in how many FBI background checks have we done? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, I mean, he's he's. I don't know if you know this, but he's a, a kind of a, the the court that he's on is kind of like the second. Yeah, highest. the appellate court. Uh, it's some some people hmm. call it. I think it's kind of like the second highest, according to the president. Yeah. That's what some people call yeah, it. The second highest. So who knows? The land. Yeah, you know his life has been poked into already. Yeah, so none, you, you none none of the, the whole rape gang has been kept secret. Yeah, and it's fascinating how all the women are sacred in this particular uh, circumstance. But do you remember how Monica Lewinsky was treated in the late 90s? That September, a CBS News poll showed that most Americans viewed Lewinsky unfavorably and that she was more unpopular with women than with men. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on TV and on the radio, Monica was a young tramp. Monica Lewinsky's behavior <laughs> was unacceptable. Get that. Uh, that was uh, uh, Charlie Rangel. Yeah. Monica, Monica was a young tramp. <laughs> a young tramp can you imagine that today oh my gosh you've called an accuser a, a young woman who's 21 years old at the time a young tramp <laughs> wow something about monica her lips never say no there's jeez lewinsky was portrayed not as a victim but as a desperate and conniving slut whose obsessive behavior was to blame for the whole mess. She comes off as someone who basically blackmails the president of the United States. That's Bill Maher in 1998, after the Star Report came out. And uh, Katie Rolfe wrote a great article the other day, and she said there should be a term connoting the opposite of sexual harassment. When a person of less power uses her sexual attractiveness or a personal relationship with a person of greater power... Wow, that's amazing! She's at fault! Because she's the person with less power who's trying to bring down the person of greater power. Whereas today, that it's whole reversed. thing has completely yeah. flipped around and, and it's the power dynamic where yeah. they can't even say no. If they, if they don't even say no, it's still no. It's still no. Because you're more powerful than they are. Wow. Get ahead. No wow. pun intended. Now, yeah, as Mars saw the situation, uh. it was Lewinsky who had seduced Clinton. I think Monica Lewinsky is the one who should apologize to America. She's the homewrecker. And if anybody really owes an apology, I think it's her. Yay! Yay! Howard Stern, the radio personality, commissioned a song about Lewinsky. 
Hey, look at me, I'm Monica Lewinsky. They print pictures of my fat face and my do. <laughs> Though I barely finished school, I still know the golden rule. Do onto others and then have them do you too. <laughs> wow. That is just a staggering reminder of how things used to be. Or how things are. Yeah. How things were when it was a Democrat involved uh, with the allegations. A little right. bit different. Just a tad. Treated just slightly differently. And yes, it was a different time, too. But that just shows you just how far the pendulum have swung back the other way. (sighs) Amazing. Sure is. Wow. The uh, hearing for Kavanaugh is uh, in recess right now. They should be back in a few minutes. We'll uh, try to take it live when they resume. But um, we'd like to hear from you, too. and And you can call in on my show. Uh, and let me know what you think of the of the testimony so far. Has she been credible? Do you believe her? Do you think that an assault happened at all? And if it did, do you believe it was uh, it's Brett Kavanaugh? And I can't I can't wait to hear more about these two guys who came forward yesterday or late last night, whatever this happened, and admitted it was them. Right. We can't believe them, but we can believe we can believe the anonymous mother of the anonymous daughter with anonymous friends. <laughs> right. We can believe them. But we can't believe the, the actual two other humans that have names. What an upside down world. Boy, no. No kidding. It is. Uh, you wouldn't believe it unless you were right in the middle of living it, would you? And I couldn't. As, as bad as it was during the Obama uh, administration... I don't think I could have predicted this. I, I just, it's pretty amazing. 888727. Back, our sponsor of this half hour is Goldline. We've been telling you about Goldline's new silver maple flex. That allows you to break off smaller pieces uh, for barter and trade. And it comes in this really cool looking container. And, and the silver itself, they're, it's beautiful. It's not great looking. It's all done sure. by the uh, Canadian Mint, and uh, it, it it's aesthetically pleasing. Plus, you know, if things really go sideways, you've, you've got this to barter with. Um, but don't forget about the importance of small gold bars as well. When it comes to protecting ourselves, our families, and our portfolios, um, it just makes sense. You want to make sure that you have the maximum flexibility and diversity. That's why... Glenn owns both gold and silver, and I own both gold and silver. As we've mentioned before, uh, Glenn asked Goldline to create smaller bars of gold and silver so that people can carry them in the event that things yeah, go really badly, really sideways. In addition to considering the new silver maple flex, these, remember that Goldline also offers an exclusive credit card size holder containing five individually sealed one-tenth ounce gold bars, which are also mis- minted by the Royal Canadian Mint. So between these legal tender gold and silver bars, you'll know, you'll have that peace of mind that if anything really goes tragically bad, if if the economy just implodes, you can protect your family still. You owe it to, to yourself to call Goldline today and learn more about these gold and silver bars. Just call 866-GOLDLINE or go to goldline.com. Take care of it online. Call today. See how easy it is to own gold and silver. 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information to make sure gold is right for you. It's 1-866-GOLDLINE. Glenn, back. With Pat and Jeffy. 
by the way, we're going to we'll have some more live coverage coming up on my show at Pat Gray Unleashed uh, immediately following this one on the Blaze Radio and TV Network. And then tomorrow, uh, don't forget, it's more on trivia. Every Friday during the football season, we've got uh, more more on trivia is back uh, at 12 Eastern on Pat Gray Unleashed. And tomorrow's matchup, I, I don't know who it is, but it doesn't really matter. It's just always fun. I can't remember. Uh, I, I saw who it was, but it doesn't matter. And, and Second look, hour of the show, and, more and, on trivia. And once again, I mean, more on trivia has is, is proven to be an overwhelming success. Uh, in oh, it's Baltimore-Pittsburgh, I'm being told. Oh, okay. Baltimore, oh, that's a good game. Oh, yeah, really good game. Uh, and so that, that'll happen. Uh, the show starts at 12 Eastern, and then uh, more on more on trivia will be one at one Eastern right. o'clock second Eastern tomorrow. Second yeah. hour of the show. So uh, make sure you tune in. By the way, hopefully Glenn will be back tomorrow. I'm not sure if his voice is returned or I don't not. Know, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But he's yeah, he's been pretty sick this week. So um, I'll teach him to go to California. He gets sick I'll every time him. he goes. I'll teach him. I don't know why he goes every time. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We still have uh, uh, more of the confirmation hearing of Brett Kavanaugh, and as far as I know, they're still planning to hold the vote tomorrow. So, yeah. no matter what she says, they're going to vote on it tomorrow. Uh, and they've got a special prosecutor that's asking her questions. Then uh, the senators are also jumping in as well. And so far, it's been mostly the Democrats. Yeah, uh, it, it just seems uh, strange that they just keep cutting her off. And really, that's, I mean, mm-hmm. that's their, what they want to do, right? I mean, they want to be able to just cut her off because it, it appeared that this Rachel Mitchell, who is the Arizona prosecutor, and she prosecutors, she's the head of their special victims division, mm-hmm. handles both the sex crimes and family violence out there. She, uh, and obviously she's on leave from that position right now but she's going to do a question uh brett kavanaugh and you know she's been questioning uh christine ford as well and uh it seems like she's trying to get to some points you know as a prosecutor would Mm -hmm. you know she's questioning some of the questions seem benign but she wants to set up to get to a point and as soon as she gets close to setting up that point the democrats uh, yeah you got patrick Leahy and all these other uh, right now, it's Sheldon Whitehouse from from Rhode Island. They're just they're just trying to jump in and help her with her credibility. That's amazing, yeah. And to accuse the Republicans of doing something unfair and right. treating this process badly. We'll see how it goes over. I, I, we'll I, see. I'm not necessarily buying it right now. That's for sure. Uh, it's, it's you're not, not necessarily I, I'm not buying necessarily it. buying it yeah I'm not necessarily buying it yeah we'll talk That's more about that go. on uh, pat gray unleashed <laughs> and we'll have uh lots of the audio clips uh for you tomorrow here back here on the glenn beck program as well we'll see you then